Welcome to Kingstar Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe God's word will impact your everyday life. Uh, what is consecration, really? It's a Latin word um, that describes something that is set apart. Praise the Lord. If, 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 if you are set apart, that means you are sacred. You are to be used of God. You dedicate your life or you dedicate that thing you have consecrated for the usage of God. Praise God. The Hebrew name of consecration means kadash. It echoes the same meaning and uh, it further elaborates the fact that something that has been consecrated, it has to be sanctified. Sanctify, prepare, dedicate, be hallowed, be holy, be separate, be sanctified for the things of God. Amen. And there are many places in the Bible where the word consecration appears, but for the context of our discussion, uh, let us take a look at a few scriptures beginning from the book of Acts. I'd like us to read from chapter 13 of the book of Acts, from verse 1, and we'll take all the way to verse 3. There is something I want us to see. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with the Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and, and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Praise God. So the Holy Spirit ministered and said, Set apart for me. Paul and Barnabas for the things or for the work that I have for them. It means they were consecrated for God. They set themselves apart to be used of God for, the, for that thing that God wanted them to establish or to accomplish. Praise God. So we see the character of the early church, uh, especially in the book of Acts. We learn a lot uh, the character of the early church and how they took the things of God. And uh, Another scripture I want us to read, uh, we'll read a couple of passages uh, in the book of Acts. Uh, let's go into the uh, chapter 1 of verse, verse 8 of the book of Acts. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This was a promise. These are the words that Jesus was speaking to the disciples and the apostles, those who were following him. In those days, they were called the people of the way. It comes from the scripture when, the, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So these people were associated or they were identified as the people of the way. Praise God. Now, Jesus is speaking to these people and he's telling or he's promising them that 
he will bring to them. Uh, they should wait for the power. Praise God. Uh, he said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you. Now, we see here that the work of the Holy Spirit, when it comes upon you, is to bring you power, is to give you power. What is he trying to say? That in every area of your weakness, the Holy Spirit, after he has come upon you, he's giving you power. Praise God. This is one of the greatest gifts the Holy Spirit gives us. Amen. Amen. And uh, we see that this promise is coming to be fulfilled in the book of the same. But chapter 1, let's go to verse 12 uh, to 14. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphio, and Simon, the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brother. So we see the character that is depicting here from the book of Acts, whereby they were all in one accord. They were in one place. Praise God. They were waiting for the Lord. Amen? When they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey, and when they, come, they, were coming, they were coming, they went up into an upper room where aboard both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, and these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. So the fact that they were in one place, this shows the character of the early church. They were simple. You see, if they meant that we will meet and gather together, that's what they do. And they continued in prayer. It means they were in all, in one thing. They were, their pursuit was the pursuit of prayer. Praise God. Now, the, the book, uh, when you read from the KJV, it says in one accord. And in one accord, actually in Greek, it says... Uh, what it means, it's that it means that they were in one passion, they were in one spirit, they were in one mind, they were in one uh, pursuit. That is to say, they were all pursuing the same thing. They had one mind in simplicity of the matter. Praise God. And um, uh, when we look at the chapter 2 of the book of Acts, especially we will read from verse 1 to 4 again, here we will see uh, the now uh, the promise being fulfilled. Let's take a look at that. Chapter 2 from verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues 
as the Spirit gave them utterance. So, now we are seeing here that after the promise that Jesus gave them, we saw that in the book of Acts chapter 1, now fulfillment of the promise is when the Holy Spirit actually comes in the day of Pentecost. And when the Holy Spirit came, we saw the manifestation that they were giving utterances. They were filled with power. Praise God. Now, uh, other, other theologians, they say from the time Prophet Joel, who prophesied in the last days from the book of Joel chapter 2 verse 28, that I shall pour out my spirit. It took about 800 years for this prophecy to come to be fulfilled. Praise God. Now you can imagine the lapse of time that has taken place, but also you can, you can try to see how these people, in their simplicity of heart, in their simplicity of following God, when Jesus was with them, he taught them, he was with them, and all the time, all they knew, as they were waiting for the promise to be fulfilled, when Jesus promised them, you shall receive power from on high, they were all together in one accord. I want you to see one thing, and I'm going somewhere with this, that even in their simplicity of heart, they were able to do one thing and say one thing and also to mean that what they were saying. They were all in one place. They were all meeting. If they said, this is the place where we are going to meet and let's pray, this is what they were doing. Praise God. Amen. And this is one of the most fundamental uh, character that uh, is to be depicted in the church that we are right now. Amen. The prayer should be the engine if we are to walk with God. Amen. The prayer should be the lifeline of our lives. The prayer should be the part where we can say there is nothing that God cannot do. When we get to prayer, things happen. When we get to prayer, the Holy Spirit comes in. And the Holy Spirit comes in, he gives you power. And the power that he will give you is going to be massive. And it's going to change your life forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Now, today I said we are going to look at the consecration. Consecrated for evangelism. Now, when we talk about consecration... Uh, I already said previously that we need to set ourselves apart. Now, how are we going to consecrate ourselves? We are going to look at the two items, consecration in the word, but also consecration in prayer. Praise the Lord. Um, when we consecrate ourselves in the word, the Bible says the word of God is the spirit. If you could pull up for me John 6, uh, 63. You see what Jesus was saying, that these words that I'm speaking to you, they are the Spirit. Let's read that chapter, uh, that verse, John 6, 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are Spirit and they are life. The Word of God, it is the Spirit. And when we endeavor to read the Word of God, we get the Spirit life of God. Amen? And sometimes you, you have you have you reached to a point where you read the word and then something it's like it clicks, and then you run with that word and there is nothing that nobody can tell you or take you away from that word. You hang on to that word until you see something happens. Amen. 
And that is the spirit that is being spoken here in this verse. Chapter 6, verse 63, when Jesus says, The words that I'm speaking to you, they are the spirit. Amen. From 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16, why are we dealing with the word? Why should we endeavor to read the word? Because the word is everything that we know it's going to change our lives. And um, let's pull up that. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. It says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness." It means the Bible is what we have been given for all that. It can reprove us. It can change our lives. It can educate us. It can give us wisdom. It can give us uh, revelation. It can provide a lot that we are looking for. And if we are to go out for evangelism, uh, these are some of the things that you are going to be encountered with. They will ask you, why do you believe the Bible? You have the answer. Because the, the word of God has been given to us for doctrine, sound doctrine. And this is where Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, is telling him that. Um, Paul also says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophets came not in all time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Uh, we have a couple of many scriptures, but uh, some of them I'll skip and then I'll just read them. Um, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to emphasize why we should consecrate ourselves in the word. Because the word of God has many dimensions and it can give you answers to all the questions that you are looking for. To all the questions that are troubling your mind, it is in the word of God. Amen? I remember when, uh, in the book of John, when J Jesus was praying to his disciples, and he said, sanctify them through your word. Uh, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is the truth. So the word of God contains truth, the truth that is unquestionable, the truth that cannot be divided. Praise God. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. So if we are going out there, we need to consecrate ourselves in the word. Have the habit to read the word. Let the word soak in our lives. Let the word be compatible with our spirit. And let everything that we utter be the word. Because it is the word that provides life. Amen. Proverbs 30, verse 5 to 6, it says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. And you shall not, and you not unto his words, add not unto his words, lest he reprove you and you be found a liar. It means if we add anything that is not in the context or that is not what God says, we are not doing a good service. We will be found liars and uh, we will, know, will not have anywhere else to back our, our arguments. Amen? So we need to understand that when, when we consecrate ourselves in the word, we are empowering ourselves to face whatever that comes. Amen? Praise the Lord. Um, 
but also uh, he says the word of God is infallible. What does he try to say? What is he trying to mean? Uh, the word of God being infallible, that means God himself cannot disassociate with his word. God cannot, will not, and will never lie. Amen. It means what he says in his word, that's what is going to come to pass. Amen. So, we have to understand when we go and we are confronted with different opposition, we have to have the word and we have to be able to defend the word of God. Amen. Uh, in hope of eternal life, which God cannot lie, he promised before the world began from the book of Titus chapter 1 verse 2. And Numbers, we, we always like to quote the scripture in the book of Numbers 23, 19, it says that God cannot lie. God is not a man that he should lie. Amen. And God cannot repent. Amen. It means whatever he said he will do, that's what he do. And if he said that uh, the way of sinners shall end into the lake of fires, that's what exactly is going to happen. So we need to put this truth in front of these people when we are going to evangelize. Amen. Praise the Lord. So how do we consecrate ourselves in prayer? God has called us to do more and accomplish even more when we pray. So our lifestyles, as we saw in the book of Acts, uh, the character of the early church, they devoted themselves into prayer. That's the only thing they knew how. So prayer, we saw the result that it had. It, was, it gave them the power to receive the Holy Spirit. Amen? But also it gave them the ability to be in sync with the Spirit of God. Praise the Lord. Now, the, the, I see in so many ways that the church in the book of Acts is coming up and live, relive that life again. Amen. Amen? And God has chosen you to establish his call into this place. God has given you the mandate to do exceedingly abundantly uh, in the areas of evangelism. Praise God. Uh, one of the guys by the name of William, he said, the value of persistent prayer is not that God will hear us, but that we will finally hear God. So prayer should be able to help us to hear God. It's not like when we pray, God does not hear God hears and God is ready to answer. But can you hear God when he answers? Amen? And that's one of the challenges we have. We meet for prayers and we say prayers. It's like we are doing it religiously. But we don't take time to soak into the presence of God to be able to listen. Amen? So at this point in time, we are called to take our prayer into that level where we can be able to hear God. Through his spirit. Praise the Lord. In the early church, it succeeded in doing this because they were constantly uh, in prayer and they were in sync with the spirit of God. The book of Romans chapter 3 verse 19, he said, Now we know that what things soever the law says, it says to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the word may become guilty before God. Amen. 
He's speaking about uh, the conviction. And uh, he says, the Holy Spirit, he's the one that convicts sin in your life. Amen. It means when we go to evangelize, we should take time to prepare ourselves, consecrate ourselves in prayer, so that when we go there, we believe the work of the Holy Spirit to convict the people of their sin, that they may be able to understand that, realize that we have sinned. And that's the only way we can be able to accomplish the goal of evangelism. Amen? Praise God. So some minds, you will meet them uh, different opposition. Sometimes you meet people of different calibers. And God has many people like that. You'll, you'll meet the people who are strong-willed. Their, their opinions matter. You'll meet the people who are emotional. They run quick or they respond quick to emotions. Whatever that you say that has touched their hearts, you know. And then you'll meet people uh, that they're unique in their own ways and probably they, don't, they will not even be able to hear what you have to tell them. But God is going to help you through the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So he says that uh, when we pray, is we are doing some preparation for the battle. Because prayer itself is the battle. Thinking about going to pray is also in itself is a battle. Sometimes you say, I'll wake up at this time to pray. But all you hear at that time is, even if you have put the alarm clock, and then you just say, ding, I'll see you later. So that's the battle. It starts with your own flesh. So you, sometimes it says uh, you have to be able to tell your flesh, no, let the spirit lead and get yourself to prepare for prayer and get into the battle of prayer because it is there where we accomplish many things as in itself being a battle, but when we get to prayer and realize and reach to the highest goal of prayer, we will reach the maximum goal of prayer. And that is the power of God. And that is the spirit uh, leading life. The Holy Spirit will lead in us. We will have chat out the cause of all the day and all the year ahead of us because we have the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And trust me, uh, there, are, there are a lot of people who are marginalized. I've met people who are at the venture of committing suicide. And sometimes all you do is encourage them with the love of God. We like to quote the scripture, John 3.16, where it says, for God so loved the word. Yes, God really loved the word. Are we able to extend the same love to these people? Because the first person they see is you. They don't see God. They cannot relate to God. So all they know, all they see is you. So you have to be able to extend love. And sometimes love could be as little as somebody has no transport fare. And he's telling you, quite frankly, that I cannot make it to church because I don't have fare. Amen? And that is the love I'm speaking to in the areas where we are sitting. 
you are already be you have already been preached the word of God. What about those ones who are outside there? They completely have no idea whether your God exists or whether there is any deity called God. So we need to go and extend love. There are many challenges facing people currently and everyone has his own cross to carry. And if we reach out with the word of love, we will be able to win the souls of many. The Bible tells us about what love can do. Love overcomes. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, it says, bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Love covers the multitude of sin. Proverbs 10, 12, it says, hatred stirs up strifes, but love covers all sins. So it is through the love that we extend to these people that they may be able to feel they are loved and welcomed into the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are we together this morning? So the Bible tells us to consecrate ourselves in prayer so that the laborers may increase. Remember the words of Jesus when he said uh, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. But pray that the Lord of the harvest may send laborers. Amen? So it is our work and it is our duty to delve into the realm of prayer so that God may be able to send more laborers, starting with ourselves. Because sometimes we, we, we might find that we have not acted the call and we have not uh, responded to the call. So God is calling us to go into the place of prayer. Why? Because more laborers can be added. Through our winning souls and bring them to church and teach them the, uh, the good news of the kingdom, some of them may be quickly fired up and go to express the same and speak the good news to the rest of the people. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. So we see again from the book of Ephesians 4, verse 11, this is one of the very debatable uh, scripture where he says, and he gave some to apostles, he gave some to pastors, he gave some to prophets. Uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministries, for the edifying of the church. Some of the people are arguing whether or not the work of evangelism is to be performed by just a mere Christian, apart from all these fivefold ministries. Now the answer comes, when he gave those, he said when he gave the pastors, when he gave the apostles, it was for the equipping, but it is for the work of the ministry. Now, how can the work of the ministry be done? Evangelism is one part of the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. If we go out there and win people, win souls to Christ, we have done the work of the ministry. Amen? So we need to know that it is not the responsibilities of pastors alone. As much as they can do it, it is not the, possibility, uh, the, the, the work or responsibilities of the prophets and many others that can do the work of the ministry. Amen? But it is the responsibility of each and every Christian. Everyone that has been born again, has been born into the kingdom of God, has to accomplish this God-given mandate. 
Because one day we are going to answer that before God. Amen? So we don't want to get there. We have to get our work done. Amen? Are we ready for the ministry? Are we ready for evangelism? Um, there's a scripture um, that speaks about the end times in the last days. And uh, let us go to it uh, from Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. I just want us to look at something there. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of God, traitors, headstrong, haughty lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into household and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins led away by various lusts, always learning and never be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, this scripture is rather depicting the habits of the characters of the people in the last days. Praise God. As in, we are already living those days. Amen? How many do believe that we are already living in those days? We see these things happening before our eyes. Now, this is the reality that is out there. And as much as it can happen to the believers, some of the believers who are trying to walk in two paths, whether they are of God or whether they are mixing with the, with the worldly issues, uh, God is saying you cannot be lukewarm. You are either hot or cold. Una decide mwenye unakunywa chaya, unakunywa majibaridi. Amen? Sendeo. Now, this is the issues that is out there. And these people, I'm telling you, they suffer many challenges. They are not part of the kingdom. They are not the believers. But God wants us to reach out to them. Some people are so feeling of themselves. You have to know. You remember when I said in the first place that consecrating yourself in the word, you can be able to address issues as per the circumstances that you are going to meet. Now, when you meet such people, you know how to address these things. The lovers of money. There are people who are so much concerned with how am I making my living? So how are you going to address those issues? You have to know the word. You have to be filled with the word. So the Bible speaks a lot of issues. It has given us a lot of lessons. We have to be able to get all those lessons in order to be able to preach and reach out to the lost. There are so many challenges and people at, at such a time as this where there are some people who are graduating from college and they don't know if they will be employed. Now, if we win these people to God, we can tell you, we can tell them that there is more that to it than just employment. Getting them be fed with the word of God empower them with the spirit of God and then release them. And you will wonder what they are going to achieve without the employment. Praise God. God is looking for such people that are going to be
kingdom focused, kingdom minded, so that he can pour out his glory at this end time. Amen? He's seeking for those people. Are you ready? Are you ready to hear the call? Are you ready to go there and say, this is what I want to do? I want to lift up the banner for you. As much as we may be able to know that there are many reasons for evangelism, but trust me, the most important reason is the fact that God has given us so much. That's why we need to go and evangelize. The fact that Christ died for us, for his love, and it, it comes again from that scripture, for God so loved the world. Yes, we have received that love. How do we give that love back to God? Because love is, has reciprocity. You give, I give. That's the only way we can communicate in the language of love. There is no receiving in itself in love. Amen. You cannot always be the receiver and receiver without giving back. What are you giving God? Are you giving God your time? When you set your time to go and minister and do the work of God, that's how you are giving time for God. That's how you're ministering to God. Praise the Lord. So we have obligation. We have a mandate. We are required. Jesus said that, we, that to whom much is given, much is required. So we have been given much, much is required of us, and we have to do uh, the obligation of making sure that we reach out to the lost souls. Paul says in the Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. 15, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them, and he rose again. Praise the Lord. So Paul says the love of God constrains us. It means it urges us to go and give back to God. So we have a mandate to go and give back to God and win souls for God so that we can be able to be counted worthy of laborers that Jesus said he would send and tell him, you know what, we have already come. We are here. We are doing the work of God. He says, go ye therefore. That was the mandate that Jesus gave us. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you all the way. Or I am with you always. Unto the end of the world. So Jesus has given us the task to go and accomplish. And this task requires our willingness to accept. Because one of the most important things God has given us is the will. He's not going to interfere with your will. Whether you want to do it, that's okay. If you're not going to do it, then that's okay. But you have a responsibility in the kingdom. The early church, uh, it speaks about Philip and Stephen in the book of Acts. And these people, they moved with the power of God. I remember the first instance where I read about teleporting is when I was reading the story of Philip. Philip was transported miraculously by the, by the Spirit of God. 
And after he went to uh, evangelize to the Ethiopian eunuch, and he found himself, but after baptizing him, he found himself in another city. So those are the days that are coming. Let me just say, they are not coming, but we are already here. Those days are here. If we ourselves tap into that, if we decide to consecrate ourselves into these things, prayer and re uh, reading the word, let the word soak in us and let us be able to say, you know what, we are going to evangelize. The, uh, the, we have seen a lot of things that Jesus said concerning the believers. One of the most notable things he said, these signs shall follow those who believe. So signs and wonders and everything will follow us. We are not to be following them, which is contrary to what the believers are doing right now. It's because we have dedicated all the responsibilities to the fivefold ministry. Prophet, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. Evangelist, pray for me. Now, when we get there to the church, all we do is listen to the pastor, then we go. Then we come back another Sunday. We do the same. God wants to do a different thing altogether this season in time. Amen. In this season, God wants us to go and accomplish even more. But if we heed the call to prayer, we consecrate ourselves, we set ourselves apart to prayer and reading the word. We are going to be changed in our lives. We are going to be commune with the spirit. It is easy to hear God when you have, you have already inculcated that spirit. That spirit of communion, where you communion with God. That's the only way you are going to achieve more. That's the only way uh, things are going to be so clear. Every cloud in your mind is going to be done away when you have the spirit of God. Amen. And I'm not telling you that it's going to be easy. It's going to be taking your time. You have to consecrate yourself. Set apart yourself. Set some time to read the word. Set time to pray. Set time to do the things of God. To be in... Uh, to be in appetite for the things of God, to have appetite for the things of God. Amen. And that's the only way you're going to accomplish this. I'm not going to tell you that the life, as much as it is spiritual, but you're, not, you're going to be living here on earth. So your body is the first thing that is going to be, uh, to be consecrated. You are going to tell your body some of the things that, you know what, this is the time for prayer and we have to go for prayer. Romans 12, chapter 1 and verse 2, we see a very, uh, one of the most important things. Paul said, I beseech you by the mercies. Let's pull that scripture as we close. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Let us end there. Verse 1. Paul says, I beseech you, he knows these things, I have to come to my knees to ask you, to beg of you. I have to beseech you. I, it is the highest place where somebody can beg you when he says, I beseech you by the mercies of God. It means it is not easy. Because Paul went through it and he knew how difficult it was and he comes to you and tells you, you know what? I had to sacrifice to get here. I beg of you. You have to. Please, if you can, consecrate yourself. Amen. Amen. Are we ready this morning to go before God and tell him we are ready? We will consecrate ourselves. 
we will heed the call. We will evangelize. And we will tell them your love. Amen. I want, I want us to raise up to our feet as we pray. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and share the message to your family and friends. Follow us on our social media at Kingstar Church.